We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, hello again, everyone. Greetings. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is spiritual alchemy. Mm, Alchemy, you mean uh, turning base metals into gold? Uh, Well, yes and no. (laughs) Spiritual alchemy is all about turning the finite human into the gold of the infinite being of God. Kind of the spiritual uh, gold standard, right? Uh, The riches that we should all be pursuing. Right, and in this case, you can take it with you. Okay, so we're talking about spiritual alchemy. The alchemy of transformation and transmutation. This is where we strive to transcend human limitation and achieve our birthright, oneness with God. Exactly, Tom. You remember last week we were mm-hmm. talking a lot about gold. Gold standard, golden rules, golden ages. <laughs> sure. We made a point of declaring that true God government was not only based on the gold standard and the golden rule, but that its ultimate role was to support the individual's right to become one with God. And that would be one of the hallmarks of a golden age. Yeah, which we can begin right now. I mean, why wait? You know, we can begin the process of alchemical transformation now, right within our own beings and consciousness. I mean, hence spiritual alchemy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure we'll have more to say in a few minutes about the <laughs> process of using alchemy to precipitate certain things into the physical. Oh, uh, yes, we will. But first, let's mention one of the great ascended masters whom we revere, St. Germain sponsor of America, and hierarch of the coming golden age of Aquarius. You know, he is known as the master alchemist. And, you know, speaking of precipitation, he actually did succeed in (laughs) turning base metals into gold. He also removed flaws from diamonds and discovered the elixir of youth. You know, I suspect that the elixir of youth we're referring to is the violet flame. Mm -hmm. And what St. Germain precipitated was likely used to relieve poverty during the 18th century when he walked the earth as the wonder man of Europe. You know, Voltaire called him the man who never dies and knows everything. You know, we'll have a lot more to say about the process of actual precipitation as St. Germain teaches in a few minutes. Now, though, let's continue our focus on the real purpose of spiritual alchemy, which is to change ourselves. Mm -hmm. And by extension, we change our society, our nation, our planet. You know, St. Germain has said that that only the great inflow of the cosmic light of God 
can release the soul from the imprisoning shadows of its human creation. You know, and that really, Tom, that's where our chemical journey must begin. Yep. With recognition that we have been imprisoned by the limitations of our human creation and a desire to be free of those limitations once and for all. You know, we all know that what we say about ourselves creates the experience of what we express. Mm -hmm. I'm too this or I'm not enough that. I don't have. I don't want, I believe, I feel, well, you get the point. Yeah, and as you've heard us say so many times before, we are powerful co-creators with God. We are. When we say, I am, we are really saying, God in me is. And that should be enough right there to make us want to be very careful whenever we open our mouths. <laughs> right. I'm just going to be quiet for the rest of the show. Yeah, oh, no, please don't. <laughs> well, you know, it has been said, and factually, I think, that we probably create more karma with our mouths than in any other way. That's right. I think a lot of people can identify with that. Let's be careful <laughs> what we create with people. Yeah. Sound advice. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and speaking of sound advice, perhaps the greatest tool of all in assisting us in furthering our own spiritual alchemy is, once again, the violet flame. We never stray far from this topic, do we? Nope. You know, if we gave our audience nothing else, we would want to make sure that they have the awareness of the violet transmuting flame. You know, it works like it says on the package, Tom. This is, <laughs> this is the one all-purpose tool that can literally transform us from limited beings imprisoned by our own human creation into unlimited manifestations of God. And that's really why you're listening, you know. I mean, we all want to be mm -hmm. free at last from human density. Human doubt and fear, limitation, anxiety, all of those things that seem to trouble us and take our attention away from the light are one, our true being in nature. You know, Tom, you bring up an interesting point. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Spiritual alchemy is really all about transforming us into what we were mm. in the beginning. Beings who were unlimited and free in the beingness and the oneness of God as we were originally created. You know. And actually, we're not then being transformed into something new, but actually we're undoing the human creation to reveal the original blueprint of our souls. That's like one of those videos that goes backwards, you know, out of the water, <laughs> back onto the land, you know, right. the cosmic reboot. You know, it's a, it's a really big piece of the spiritual puzzle. With all the knowledge and tools we have available to us, our goal is to realize that we are one with God. And again, this is the essence of spiritual alchemy. Mm -hmm. Now, I think we mentioned earlier that we would touch on the alchemical process of physical precipitation. That's right. And sorry if this feels like a bit of a tease, oh. but the best and most complete way to get the full picture of the alchemical process of precipitation, as St. Germain teaches, is in Elizabeth Clare Prophet's book, St. Germain on Alchemy, Formulas for Self-Transformation. Mm -hmm. How do you get that book? Well, <laughs> you know, this book has not only the, the book itself, but it comes broken up into four pieces. Mm. Studies in alchemy, not intermediate studies in alchemy. It also includes a trilogy on the threefold flame of life. And finally, the alchemy of the word, which is this awesome 117-page glossary of all of the alchemical and spiritual terms. You can get this at tsl.org forward slash 1835. That's 1835. Takes you right to the book page. Very good. You know, and here is just a small sample of what you'll learn in St. Germain on Alchemy, read by our friend Terry Kennedy. Yep. Practical Alchemy the history of man's devotion to the cause of freedom may never be written either for the planet or for the individual. Therefore, man will never know by outward study the true story of freedom. Nevertheless, through the outreach of the Spirit of God in man and its wondrous attunement with the central clearinghouse for every part of life, 
he may enter into the Akashic records of those solemn moments in the lives of other men, and thereby perceive how they obtained their victory. Even as the alchemist builds on the discoveries of his predecessors, so there is an inner teacher within every heart who tutors the outer self, subduing it when necessary, and guiding the fires of the mind in their search for the oftentimes invisible strands of reality. When the subject of creation is given more than ordinary consideration, man begins to realize that his own destiny lies as a gift in his hands. He has always looked to God for assistance, and God has always looked to man, that he might convey to him every good gift and all the support which man could reasonably receive and acknowledge. Unfortunately, even in those periods of their most advanced meditations, mankind have seldom glimpsed the necessary cosmic pattern of what they are and what they shall be. The secrets of alchemy are always to be found in the domain of creation. If man has not the power to create, he is not truly free. Therefore, the stream of energy that God is giving to him in ceaseless descent must needs be channeled into matrices of creative desire patterned after the divine will. But when misqualified, these energies form the links of the chain that binds him. Our first step, then, is to cease and to transmute the negatively qualified substance in the world of every would-be alchemist. The power of the violet transmuting flame, as an agent of the Holy Spirit, can be called forth from God for the purification of man's world. It should be noted, however, that this power is seldom recognized until the alchemist has invoked the flame for a considerable period of time. But, practice as he will, his use of the flame will not be enough to transform his world unless the correct scientific attitude is maintained. The alchemist who insists on exalting his own human will and ego, in contradistinction to the divine will and ego, cannot possibly receive the great gifts which the Spirit seeks to convey. Man cannot bargain with God. Nevertheless, Cosmos is far more ready to give every good and perfect gift to man than man is ready to receive it. The problem, then, lies not in the ocean that is filled with pearls, but in the diver himself who must be willing to acknowledge the presence of the treasures of heaven in the cosmic depths, treasures that heaven intends man not only to discover, but also to possess. By incorrect attitudes, men have kept themselves from the kingdom of heaven. They have sought through magic, and unfortunately even through witchcraft, to win for themselves that which could be obtained on a permanent basis only by willing submission to the will of God, to His intents and His purposes. Cosmos is ever willing to convey the highest and best gifts to man, but in order to receive them, man must change his attitude. Those who are schooled in the knowledge of the world may believe in their hearts that they have found through academic pursuits the key to the governing of the senses and to gaining entree into the realms of the spirit. We say, not so, for neither by intellect nor by self-righteousness shall men obtain the highest gifts. These gifts will come as the natural unfoldment of the soul who submits to the grace of God and understands that having done so, he can rightfully expect the divine revelation to manifest within himself. Little do men realize when they begin to pursue the study of alchemy how deeply involved it will become, and how deeply they will become involved in it. For unless there is an immersion of the self in the sea of universal wisdom and purpose, 
The soul cannot be saturated, the sponge cannot be wetted, and the energy so needed for transmutation cannot be invoked. When we return, we'll hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet describe the real meaning of alchemy and how we can, ourselves, become alchemists. Please stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. In the following interview entitled Spiritual Alchemy, Elizabeth Clare Prophet examines the central truth that all energy is God's energy and that both the use and the misuse of this energy is the essence of alchemy that we will all practice. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We've talked about St. Germain and the science of alchemy. What really is alchemy? In his book, Studies in Alchemy, St. Germain writes, The inner meaning of alchemy is simply all composition, implying the relation of the all of the creation to the parts which compose it. Thus, alchemy, when properly understood, deals with a conscious power of controlling mutations and transmutations within matter and energy and even within life itself. It is the science of the mystic and it is the fort of the self-realized man 
who, having sought, has found himself to be one with God and is willing to play his part. Does this mean that the law of alchemy can only be used for good? All people use alchemy all the time because alchemy simply is the use of God's energy. And a lot of people are misusing God's energy. St. Germain even tells us that there are those who have wrested the secrets of the universe from certain of the adepts of the ages. And he says that they can and do use this science for evil purposes. But he says that none can escape the accountability for his misuse of the sacred fire and the energy of life. He cautions us then when approaching the altar of the true scientist who is in the laboratory of the forces of spirit and matter. The scientist truly is a priest at the altar of the sacred fire, and the way in which he uses the flow of spirit and matter for precipitation will determine whether or not he is evolving his consciousness of God freedom that will ultimately propel him into his own ascension in the light and his eternal freedom or bind him to the shackles of his own tyranny, that same tyranny which he has attempted to impose upon nature and upon its forces. Does this mean that everybody will eventually be able to turn base metal into gold? Well, St. Germain, you know, was embodied among the medieval alchemists of Europe, and as the wonder man of Europe, he did exactly that. And many of the nobility were fascinated and astounded when this man who wore diamonds on every finger and moved about in court circles would take their gems from them, which had flaws, and return them to them flawless and priceless. So St. Germain has demonstrated that science, but he is very concerned first that we understand the science of self-transformation whereby we can transform the human consciousness into the divine consciousness through the invocation of the gifts and graces of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, in this basic book on alchemy, he begins immediately to tell us how to meditate on the molecular structure of the amethyst in order to precipitate an amethyst Maltese cross. And he gives a step-by-step meditation, a seven-part meditation, whereby we can study the chemical composition and the formula of crystals in matter and by our meditation upon these actually focalize intense cosmic energies for good for life on earth. Does that mean we should all practice the precipitation of physical objects? Well, really, our whole life is a precipitation. If you believe the ancient maxim that we have created ourselves, you realize that what you look at in the mirror in the morning is the product of your own personal alchemy with the forces of the universe. We have been in the process of creating ourselves for thousands of years. Our very facial characteristics, our body structure, what is in our life is the result of our past uses and misuses of God's energy. And therefore, alchemists, we are, like it or not, and St. Germain is coming to tell us that we can be alchemists of the spirit with the idea of ennobling the race and becoming the benefactors of the race in the highest sense of the word as disciples of Christ Jesus, as true followers of his example, and as those who believe his words. He that believeth on me, that is the Christ in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. It's very interesting that the very first miracle which Jesus wrought in Cana of Galilee was the changing of the water into wine. 
marking him clearly as one of the great alchemists of all time. Saint Germain in his embodiment as Merlin, the magician at the court of Arthur, was also the alchemist. And he was the one who gave to the lad Arthur the key to removing the sword Excalibur from the stone. And you will recall that very important scene in the square in London, when the Archbishop of Canterbury, kings and nobles were on hand and many tried to remove the sword. It was Merlin who saw to it that the sword was there in the stone, and it was Merlin who summoned the lad Arthur. Thus we see Merlin in the role of the one who anointed the king of the Britons, and this was his role in his incarnation as the prophet Samuel, the anointer of kings. So our Saint Germain, as the sponsor of America today, did anoint our first president, George Washington. As the story goes, this took place just outside of Philadelphia. Since it seems like we're destined to be alchemists, where do we start? St. Germain starts with defining the purpose of our alchemical experiment. This is the title of Chapter 2 in his Studies in Alchemy. You know, St. Germain was embodied as Francis Bacon, and anyone who has ever studied Francis Bacon is truly enamored and impressed with his skill as a writer. And those who know his real secret realize that he also authored the Shakespearean plays and put in those plays certain mysteries of the Brotherhood as well as the mysteries of his own life. We can hear the ring of that writer and of that thinker in this alchemy book, and it is a book that is tremendously loved by lovers of Shakespeare. He says, Void is unfruitful energy. The alchemist must develop a sense of the value of time and space and the opportunity to manipulate both. Freedom is won by quest and conquest, but mainly by the conquest of the finite self. True mastery of the finite comes through the indrawing love, the compelling, almost magnetic heart call of the soul to its divine source. Only the great inflow of the cosmic light of God can release the soul from the imprisoning shadows of its human creation. Summon, then, the purity of purpose which will make your creative design good. Relentlessly challenge the base elements which arise like hobgoblins to disturb and try the plan you have begun. Then patiently evolve your God design, the purpose of your alchemical experiment. What does St. Germain have to say about the white stone and the elixir that we associate with the early alchemists? It's an interesting thing about this white stone because it is the philosopher's stone that has been talked about and around, and few have discovered its secret. St. Germain says, Know thyself as the white stone. And this is the self with a capital S, meaning the real self, the inner self, and with that capital, that self becomes God. And so we consider then that this white stone is a focal point of tremendous cosmic energy. What is this great self? There is really only one great self, and if you could visualize the universe as a giant piece of white paper, and you could visualize little circles drawn on this paper, like the monads of Leibniz, you would see that each of ourselves become one of these little circles, one of these monads that is drawn upon this vast piece of paper. 
and when the little circle realizes that its real identity is this vast piece of paper, it is discovering the real self, which is the real self of all, and it discovers that there is really only one self, and that self is God. St. Germain comes to say that when we find this out, and when we really know it, and we can really understand it, then we will get to the key of alchemy, which is that white stone or that energy that is this great self, this great God's source. Now, as long as that little monad that's drawn like a circle on this vast piece of paper thinks that it is the real self, it has no energy and no source because it only has the tiny portion upon which it is drawn which is not sufficient to work the works of alchemy, that little tiny portion is not sufficient unto itself to transform itself or to experience the great alchemy of which we are speaking. And therefore it has to understand that the surrender of that little circle to the larger piece of paper on which it is drawn is the key to the discovery of that inner self and that inner reality. It also has to understand that nothing is lost in that surrender, but everything is gained. And that is the true path to oneness. It's the true path to brotherhood. And this is the principle upon which the Great White Brotherhood was founded. The Ascended Masters realize that they themselves are simply circles drawn upon the infinite mind of God, and that as they are one in that mind, they have the all-power of the universe. But as they think of themselves as separate monads, they would lose their power. In fact, they would never have become Ascended Masters in the first place, because the definition of the Ascended Master is one who overcomes time and space by relinquishing himself as that finite little circle drawn upon the infinite. And he does not fear the loss of the identity by the bursting of that membrane, but he realizes that one with the all, he is then the all in all. So getting on this subject of the white stone, St. Germain says, Know thyself as the white stone, from whence all thy creation must proceed in orderly fashion. When we have that self-awareness, we're ready to work and to walk as the alchemist. When we have it, we've got the basic key. It simply takes that practice that makes perfect. St. Germain says, If the key ideas are not created from within thee, who art the alchemist, then the whole act is either hapless or an imitation of the work of another. Now, if it be God thou wouldst imitate, then well done may truly be spoken of thee. But if the vanity of mankind, then piteous let thy consciousness remain. The true self of man from whence cometh every goodly design is worthy to be consulted as to what it is desirable to create. Therefore the true alchemist begins his experiment by communing with himself in order to perceive the inspiring thoughts of the radiant mind of his creator. You can readily see that St. Germain's voice rings with the psalmist who said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Thank you very much. Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. 
Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us is Sydney Bennett. Hi, Sydney. Gentlemen. You know, uh, as we just heard, we are more or less all alchemists. That's a lot of responsibility to carry, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Next question. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I, what I mean is, you know, that in terms of, uh, we talked of this before, that we are co-creators with God. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that goes back to something Mrs. Prophet referred to there, is that we are alchemists all the time, whether we realize it or not. There is just literally this torrent of energy that's pouring into our being from God, and everything we say or do is qualifying that energy for good or bad. And so uh, if we had that understanding, I think we all might live a little differently. And uh, <laughs> so we make that choice of what we create in our worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in the interview we just heard, Elizabeth Prophet reminds us that our entire life is a process of precipitation. Not Seattle and rain, but you know, personal <laughs> yeah. precipitation. So does this mean that we have in, in some essential way created ourselves? Or, or is it really that we are creating ourselves over time? Well, we have created ourselves and we continue to create ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's the answer. You know, this goes back to some of the most basic premises of the way we look at life. Mm-hmm. Uh, karma and reincarnation. It explains so much mm-hmm. of 
who we are, where we are, our patterns, our behaviors, and so forth. And, you know, whatever it is about us, our physical appearance, our attributes, our strengths, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, all this is the result of the past. And I think you can get down to a very basic level. I remember a, an Edgar Casey reading where this woman had, she was a model actually, and had absolutely beautiful hands. And he gave the reading that she had been a nun in a previous embodiment and spent most of her time scrubbing floors. And because she had put so much love in that scrubbing of the floor with her hands, she comes back with beautiful hands. So mm. it's interesting that everything in our lives is a result of what we've done. But more importantly, what we will be in the future determines is determined by what we'll do going forward. So maybe in other words, what we have experiencing, what we are experiencing in our lives, what's manifesting in our lives is a direct result of what we've said in motion. Right. And, you know, if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, change it. It's as simple as that. And, you know, a lot of people blame God, you know, for the injustices or where they are or what they do, you know. And, you know, don't blame God. Just yeah. look to yourself and know that God has the solution. And once you realize that, it changes everything because then we really can go and deal with what we need to do, change what we need to change in our lives. You know, I remember a saying, I don't know who said it, but it was, if you don't like what's going on, change your mind. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful we are. So that means that we're all guys that are with looks built for radio. We can change that. Is that <laughs> maybe uh -huh. not in this life, but we'll work on it. <laughs> okay. We should all be TV stars on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that's kind of a bombshell, Sydney. I mean, Saint Germain was Francis Bacon, who was Shakespeare. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting lineage, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to elaborate on the subject, we we highly recommend the book by Virginia Fellows entitled The Shakespeare Code. Mm -hmm. Not only is it a fascinating read, but it incorporates a unique and elaborate cipher wheel that decodes the writings that were attributed to William Shakespeare. This also reveals the author's true identity as Francis Bacon. Yeah, here's where you can find this book at tsl.org forward slash 6500. That's 6500. And it is an awesome book. Yeah, and you know, it reminds me too that we haven't really spent a lot of time on this, but St. Germain's had many very important embodiments. Um, of course, we... No, Francis Bacon being one of them, but wasn't one of them also Merlin? And can you tell us about other of his incarnations? Well, he was. He was Merlin on the in what some people consider the fable of King Arthur, but which actually occurred mm -hmm. and uh, has such a powerful message for all of humanity. And it's not necessarily what you see in the movie depictions, but he was, in fact, the master alchemist. But the soul of St. Germain has been with this planet, I think Mr. Prophet said last week, for at least 100,000 years. He was a ruler of a... Uh, golden age and what is the Sahara of the desert many, many thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. In more recent history, he was embodied as the prophet Samuel. He was embodied as Joseph, the protector of Jesus. I mean, that gives you the level of his attainment when God chose him to be the, wow. the father of Jesus. No, that's and, and more recently, he was, you know, he was Roger Bacon, which is interesting, the same last name as Francis Bacon, right. and I think introduced the scientific method. So mm -hmm. much of the progress in Western civilization has come out of this one soul. And another interesting thing is he was also embodied as Christopher Columbus. And if mm. you study the life of Christopher Columbus, he really was on a spiritual quest. And he saw his role as a spiritual one in many ways superseding the one of finding trade routes and so forth. Right. And I want to add here for something. People look back as I name lifetimes and so forth. We've all had them. Well, that person did this or did that. And these individuals, even though they had great attainment, weren't perfect in these embodiments. They made mistakes. They were subject no. to the mm -hmm. human flesh just like we are. But the good news is they made it and so we can make it too. Yeah, right. I think that's a great point to make. And, you know, speaking of that, in terms of uh, we all as alchemists, all as, you know, basically creating our, our, our lives, who we are, this idea of the white stone that Elizabeth Private referred to in her interview, just a few, we heard a few moments ago, referring to it as the divine self, 
Um, I think in many respects, this is the key, isn't it, to spiritual alchemy? Well, well absolutely. And again, it goes back to one of those most basic teachings that God is within us. Mm-hmm. And if God is within us, then we can become that which is within us. We can become God and use the power of God to create. And so true spiritual alchemy does that with the divine presences within us. We're never going to perfect the human. Forget it. It's yeah. not going to work. I think we can all realize <laughs> it's that. It's a fool's errand. We have yes. to put on the divine and mm-hmm. become one with that God is within us. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very presumptuous, as we say in our promo, you know, become God. Well, I mean, that sounds blasphemous. Besides being presumptuous, it sounds blasphemous. <laughs> but really what it means is become union with the God that is already within you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't disappear in that because you are a unique soul, a unique personality, with unique gifts and talents that God has created, and yet one with God. It's the mystery of the one God, the one Christ. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is the, the white stone that is the key. Yes. You know, it's funny. People think, you know, uh, th- this thing that I am right now, they look in the mirror, they do a self-catalog of themselves, and they say, if I give this up to God, what what's going to be left? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's hard to, to differentiate between your habits and your habit patterns and your thought patterns and the in, internal true self that you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the phrase is, is that practice makes perfect. Well, we all know that practice makes a habit. And so practicing a perfect thing can help make you perfect. You know, so how do we, how do we practice alchemy? What, what are some good tips? Well, for I think that when you realize that you are a co-creator with God, everything you do every day is alchemy. Mm-hmm. So that's the context we look at it. I mean, you may need a washing machine, you know, and I can tell you, if you've got a big family, you don't have a washing machine. That's a very real need. Ooh, and you right. can physically precipitate a washing machine through circumstances, situations, or the abundance needed to buy it and so forth. And, the, and there are techniques to do that, you know, according to God's holy will, of course. But what we're totally talking about is the spiritual alchemy. How do you change yourself? Now, not again, I've got to reiterate, we're not trying to perfect the human. We're not going to practice the human to make the human perfect. And so mm-hmm. we have to look at desire. What is the desire? What do we desire to be? Is it more of God? Then we put on more of God. If we want power, if we want wealth, if we want all the things that the so-called world has to offer, then we can get those too. But it's a two-edged sword that comes back to haunt us. So look at your own self and your desire, your God desire within you. We all have human desires and God desires. But make sure that what you want, that what you want to precipitate, either physically or spiritually, is according to God's will. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think, also to remind everybody that when we do make a prayer or a call or you know a decree or fiat or whatever, that we ask for God's will in that situation. And that really is turning that situation in our desires over to the manifestation of the will of God. I love the tie with the washing machine and cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of that, but that sounded good. But you know, God desire is, in, in human desire, you have to really understand yourself. Mm-hmm. There's actually a place um, where people go after they die, that if they have unfulfilled desires, it's called Devashan. And they go there because their desires are so strong within them and they haven't fulfilled, God lets them be that. Now, this person may want to have been a race car driver, and that was the, the total of their desire. That's all they thought about. They never got to do it in the physical world. So when they die, they can go to a place where they can be a, a race car driver for a while. The problem with that is you make zero progress. <laughs> and, and so what's the point of it? The yeah. point of it is to try and rid yourself of desire. So the, the smart person will rid themselves of wrong desire on this plane. Mm-hmm. And ask God to uh, to change that to God desire, and that's Dave, how you make the most progress. Davishan sounds like the holodeck in Star Trek. You know, it's like <laughs> okay, you can go play for a while. Now, when you're done, you fulfilled that. Now it's time to make some spiritual progress. Right. Oh boy, <laughs> I was reading something recently about um, how we could perceive the actions that we take. You know, whether it's our thoughts or our deeds, 
as works of art that we would hang in the gallery of our God consciousness. Mm -hmm. And we can ask ourselves, would I hang that? But I just did or thought or said in the gallery. And of course, you, you know the answer pretty quickly. No, I don't think that's one I would hang there. There may be a lot of wall space in my <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of white space in my gallery right now, but I need to fill some of this stuff up. But you know, Tom, Tom and I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, what you're saying is, is really has a lot of truth in it. Mm -hmm. When we qualify energy, not only does it go out into the world, mm -hmm. but it comes back to us. And so if we misqualify energy through any of the passions we know, anger, resentment, hatred, whatever things, or physical harm to someone, right. not only do, does it go out into the universe, but it also accumulates around the lower part of our being. Yeah. Uh, it's the called the electronic belt and mm -hmm. from the waist on down. So this is a weight we carry with us, all the wrong things we've done in every embodiment, and it's mm -hmm. heavy. Yeah. Where the good things we do rise up to our I am presence, to our causal body, and literally are our treasures in heaven. So one of the, the alchemical processes of the violet flame is to transmute that misqualified energy we carry around in our lower chakras, so to speak, and to raise that energy up. And you become lighter. Everything becomes easier, and you can do more for God. You know, and I think one of the points of that, too, is that not only does it transmute it, but it accelerates the transmutation of that. Because we can imagine mm -hmm. thousands of lifetimes of building up that electronic belt. And you think, oh, my gosh, it's going to take us thousands of lifetimes to undo it. But no, I mean, the violet flame does exactly. have that capability. Exactly. And that's the age of Aquarius and the mm -hmm. gift of the violet flame to go into that stuff and to change it with the greatest rapidity um, the great law will allow. We can become new people in this embodiment. We don't have to wait. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. and uh, I think we're reminded of um, I, I was what the psalmist recorded in the Bible, that we are gods and all of us are children of the Most High. You know, it's time we tuned in and really played our part. Absolutely. And don't buy the lie that, you know, you have no place. Mm -hmm. You're just, uh, you know, uh, a baboon with a little bit of different DNA, you know. <laughs> God, is, God is within yeah. us. Yeah. And there's a purpose and a reason for being. And we just got to go for it. You know, one thing that's really important for me is to kind of break things down to a, to a very simplistic. And I think what we were just talking about with the violet flame and, and the transmutation of the electronic belt is that if you're feeling heavy, if you're you're having a hard time and things are, mm -hmm. things are grim, et cetera, uh, what can it possibly hurt to try the violet flame? Uh, you know, I just urge everybody to you know just do a simple mantra and to remind everybody again what's pro what's probably the simplest mantra that we can give for the violet flame, Sid. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Yeah. Yep. Very just simple. I am a being it. of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. You visualize the violet flame surrounding your aura, your mm -hmm. presence, your being. And when you start this, it's amazing. The easy stuff goes first, and you really, <laughs> you really feel a difference. <laughs> really oh, feel boy, a difference. yeah, really give them hope. <laughs> then there. Well, you know, we, we have to take a break here. It's always hard to go away. When we return, we're going to continue with our discussion of spiritual alchemy. Don't go away. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? 
to master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we're back once again for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of spiritual alchemy. Well, let's talk a little bit about the threefold flame. What we understand is love, wisdom, and power, those threefold flame petals. The Ascended Masters teach us that we must balance our threefold flame if we would advance on the upward path. Would you elaborate a little bit on this flame and the the role that it has in spiritual alchemy? Well, the threefold flame is the flame within our heart that gets ignited when we are born, that God uses as the focal point or the anchor of him in the physical, physical body. It has three primary qualities, love, wisdom, and power. Colors would be blue, pink, mm-hmm. and yellow, mm-hmm. um, which kind of makes sense when we think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our goal is to have a balanced threefold flame. And we all know people that are, are way over on one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person may be tremendously powerful but mm-hmm. lacking in love. Or a person may exude love but be very impractical, can't do the most simple things in their daily lives. Mm-hmm. So the goal of, or one of the requirements of the ascension is to balance your threefold flame. So even though you may have a great momentum on one of these three things, God may want you to be working on the one that's low so you can bring it up to the other level. So that may be a process of spiritual alchemy. Yeah. Um, the development of love in our hearts clearly is something we can all do. And that may be the need of the hour. Someone may be very wise, may be very powerful in terms of their experience being a government, the militaries, and so mm-hmm. forth. But they need to bring up that love flame. They may need to go and do some humble service in a nursing home to develop that threefold flame, yeah. develop that balance. But it's absolutely key. If you're going to precipitate something, mm-hmm. and it's certainly your ascension, you must have a balanced threefold flame. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is it seems to me that there might be almost stages of your life. You know, your early, your early uh, childhood, you might be on a particular uh, color or activity. And then, you know, in your 20s to 30s or 40s, whatever, might be another one. It's interesting to think about it in terms of what am I doing? 
mm-hmm. in that period of my life mm-hmm. and what might I need to work on uh, as I get into a particular age bracket or well, it's recognizing whatever comes into your world, it's there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Whether you need to master it, whether you need to balance some karma, whatever it is, it's there for a purpose. So don't run away from it, but look at it and see what you need to do to master it. You know, this may seem a pretty obvious question, and I, I think I, I've kind of mastered the obvious question. Well, I need the easy yeah. one. So. <laughs> That's good. Well, Captain Obvious. Um, Go ahead. Yes. Um, is our threefold flame vulnerable to any human conditions or circumstances? And by that, I mean... If we have a threefold flame and we're working on balancing it, is there something we could do on a negative side that could erase a lot of the progress we've made? Well, well absolutely. And for instance, a good example of that would be anger. And you know, we've all become angry at various times in our lives. So mm-hmm. just because you become angry a few times, like this morning, doesn't mean you know you don't have a threefold flame. But <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> repeated over and Who? over again, intense anger can actually put out that flame. Mm-hmm. And there are souls that have lost it. Now, if you have lost it, you can regain it. But it's, it's arduous and it's a spiritual path. God will give you that opportunity, but let's not lose it in the first place. But, you know, right. the, the threefold flame is only, in most people, a sixteenth of an inch high, which is pretty small. Oh, and the, one of the reasons for that is because um, if it's much bigger and you don't have that mastery, you can make even more karma. Uh, just think of how much more powerful you would be if that was uh, a foot or two feet high. Mm. You know, in the Bible, we have people that lived, what, six, eight hundred years? I can't remember how long Methuselah lived. Well, the reason they could live that long in those days is because their threefold flames were much bigger. But they had to be reduced by cosmic forces or by cosmic hierarchy because people were making such a mess of things. And, you know, <laughs> instead of making mistakes for yeah. 60 years, they were making the same mistakes for 600. Oh. So that's why the lifespan was shortened and why... We can only build our threefold now, flame now based on our attainment, our balance, and our embodiment of these qualities, mm-hmm. God qualities. We go back to the concept of uh, God investing light in us. And this, the, the concept of the threefold flame only being so big is kind of like a spiritual throttle in a way. You kind of have to <laughs> earn the ability to have a larger threefold flame by doing good works. Right? Uh, absolutely, because you don't want to have more power when you can't use it properly. Because right. you can really get into karmic trouble that way. Let's give a 16-year-old a Camaro, right? <laughs> <laughs> can, you get, can the threefold flame get bigger? In, in, in other words, we talk about it being bigger, but how do you actually cause it to grow? Well, you cause it to grow through your mastery, through your attainment, through your demonstration that you can use energy that God gives you in the right way. In other words, God's not going to give you so much energy that you can actually do harm to yourself until you're ready to use it. But this is, for instance, Jesus' threefold flame literally engulfed his whole body. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can see how powerful Jesus was. He could heal. He could, he could walk on water, all these things. Mm-hmm. And this threefold flame is not just for this life. Even after we come ascended, that will grow and we gain more mastery and attainment. But we can do it, but it's got to be done lawfully, not through storming heaven as some people would like to do, get in the back door, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't work either. Yeah. You, can't, you can't fake it, in other words. Well, you can fake it for a while, yeah. but it comes home to roost. Yeah, yeah. sooner or later the balance has to be paid. Um, you know, I, I'm going to change gears here for a moment, going back to the theme that we've been discussing on the show of spiritual alchemy. Um, and with the theory, uh, well, actually more than the theory, I think we believe that it's in practice, that there is a powerful alchemy at work in this country, um, that America in particular is a country where the early founders, the people that you know, basically formed and, and sustained this country in its early days, believed that an unseen intelligence uh, directed the course of, of events like the American Revolution. Uh, they guided the destiny of this nation. And I think this, this question is coming up quite a bit mm-hmm. you know, these days. We see it in the news. So I wonder if you wouldn't mind just maybe expanding on this um, powerful 
national alchemy, if you will? Well, the story of America, and interesting, you can rearrange the letters of America and it spells I am race. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a place that's been prepared and kept protected for thousands of years for the children of Israel, the lost tribes of Israel, to come together, to re-embody, to have the opportunity to demonstrate that mastery, that light, a democracy, a republic, where people can live in freedom, where they can pursue their spiritual beliefs, whatever they may be. It's a grand experiment, and it's Mm -hmm. been sponsored by God and by the Brotherhood and certainly by St. Germain going way back. Um, Even as Christopher Columbus, he discovered America. This is the new Jerusalem. It's supposed to be where the beginning of the Golden Age happens. Now, obviously, we can look at America and see a lot wrong with America. Um, But, you know, it's not just the lost tribes of Israel that embodied here. A lot of the fallen angels have as well. The Atlanteans. So it then becomes our responsibility Mm -hmm. to become what we're intended to be and not to lose sight. You know, I remember during the Cold War, there was always this, they were equating uh, what the communist Russia was doing with America. Well, we're all the same. We just have different perspectives. Well, friends, we weren't the same. (laughs) America has a different perspective. They weren't out to conquer and destroy the world. And so you have to keep that not in a sense of pride or we're better than anybody else, but we have a greater responsibility and a greater opportunity because we are sponsored by St. Germain. And God help us that we would ever lose that. Oh, Lord. You know, the point of all this, I think, is to realize that the central and key function of the alchemist is to create. We, we, we can see great alchemy at work in the creation of America. We can see it in our own lives as we strive to transform and recreate ourselves into that original blueprint of God's design. Through condition, you know, though our conditions sometimes will seem bleak, we still have reason to be hopeful and positive, don't we? Well, don't ever let people take away your hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very easy to look at the world and say, this is hopeless. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for human solutions to the world, it is hopeless. Let's face it. We've never been able to figure this out. (laughs) But there is a divine solution. There's a divine plan, not for, only for us as individual, but for nations and for this planet. And as mm-hmm. Tom mentioned earlier in the show, you know, it's got to begin with us. And we yeah, all know right, that intrinsically. Yeah. But what we do matters. What we do counts. What America does as a nation counts. What every nation counts. And so when we realize that, how important it is that we get engaged in the process. Mm-hmm. We don't stand back and say, well, what's the use? You know, mm-hmm. the Middle East is never going to get solved. You know, that can't happen. We have to take accountability, responsibility, and know that God has given us the tools of the violet fame through the spoken word through all these things to bring real change and that this hope that we all still have will not be a forlorn heart but a real one yeah. and that we can have a physical golden age on this planet it sounds a long way off but mm-hmm. you know it can happen quicker than you can think as we all turn and can use these tools and practice that which we've heard Little journeys begin with small steps. Long journeys begin with small steps, don't they? <laughs> Little ones, too, actually. That's true, yeah, it's, absolutely. And, you know, I think that um, we have uh, many focuses that we can put our energy into, one of which is, of course, life. We've talked about it before. We've got a conference coming up that I think uh, our listeners might want to know a bit, of, a bit more about. And, Ross, can you uh, give them some details? Oh, Tom, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> you know, we just finished our annual Easter conference a couple weeks ago. We're already feeling the momentum building for that upcoming summer event. Yep. Now, the summer conference is entitled Celebrate the Victory of Life. I mean, obviously, the subject speaks for itself. Yep. We're respect, respecting and defending life here in America and around the world, and you're all invited. This year's conference begins June 29th and runs through July 4th. Every day of the conference is going to be filled with opportunities to learn, meditate, to pray, participate in building and sustaining a momentum that celebrates life 
throughout the world. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who would like to participate, please go to tsl.org forward slash events, or you can find all the information that you need about getting um to this conference. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is a great conference. We're right here on the doorstep, the threshold mm-hmm. of Yellowstone National Park. It's an amazing place for anybody just to visit. And uh, we invite you all to come if you want to. And again, you can uh, get the information you need at tsl.org forward slash events. Okay. And of course, we're out of time. <laughs> Once we go more, again. this has gone by. <laughs> um, I want to thank Sydney Bennett again, as always. I mean, I, I just, I love the clarity of, of the, the, the dialogue and the answers that we get. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the aura. So please stay stay tuned for that. Until then, remember, though the up path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Amen, brother. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Again, for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.